Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha. Welcome to Island Conversations. We're here on the radio on the Big Island of Hawaii on Sundays on KWXX and B93B97. And the interviews are rebroadcast the following Friday on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo. Our island has three major hospital groups. In September, we spoke with Dan Brinkman, the chief executive of Hilo Medical Center, and you may hear those interviews, there are two, online as a podcast at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. Click on podcasts at the top. That's where you get all the past Island Conversations interview. Today, we're going to get an update about the West Hawaii region of Hawaii Health Systems Corporation with the Chief Executive, Jay Cruiser. Good morning. Aloha, Mr. Cruiser. Good morning, Jerry. I'm glad you're here today. And before we continue, I do want to mention that Mr. Cruiser has been with Kona Hospital around eight years, and that follows around 30 years as a healthcare executive, mostly in Chicago. And full disclosure, I think this is the final time I get to talk with you, Jay, in your role as Chief Executive of Kona Community Hospital because as of December 30th, you're a retired person. I've got 10 more days of work, (laughs) so it's pretty soon. All right. Now, first, I'd like to start with an overview of the West Hawaii region of the Hawaii Health Systems Corporation. Tell us, Jay Cruiser, what are the facilities? Just give us the basic details. Uh, Basic details, we, of course, have Kona Community Hospital as our main facility, uh, 94 beds. We have Kohala Hospital up in Kohala, and it uh, established in 1917. We have the Kona Ambulatory Surgery Center, and it has two ORs and a very busy place right now. And where is that? On Walua Road, over there by uh, Clinical Labs. And then we also have Ali'i Health Center, which is our uh, physician practice. It's over in the Keho Shopping Center. Well, you know, I know that's one of the things you're really proud of because one of the complaints that everybody has is we don't have enough doctors, and you actually established Ali'i Health as a way to provide actual doctors here. They are really employees of Kona, well, I'll say of the West Hawaii Health Systems Corporation, right? Right, that's correct. When I arrived in uh, 2011, there were five physicians in five different locations. Uh, At the time, now there's 23 in one location. Well, that's pretty exciting. A number of specialties. We have orthopedic surgery, general surgery, GI, OB, cardiology, and family practice. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. And anybody can go to Elite Health. You take all insurances and things like that? That's correct. And we're recruiting for, uh, we hope to uh, have a couple more physicians to announce shortly, including a urologist. Oh, my goodness. I think that's a specialty that's been badly needed on the island. Badly needed. It's very difficult. In fact... Do we even have a urologist now on the island? We did in Hilo, uh, but I believe they're looking also. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is good. Good to get doctors. Why don't we just start, because I think it's not the key part of your system, but Kohala Hospital. What are the capabilities up at Kohala Hospital? Kohala Hospital is primarily a long-term care facility, and it also has uh, four acute beds. It has a, a beautiful new emergency room, if you haven't seen that up there, and they've done a lot of renovations in Kohala. But it's a critical access hospital. 
and you know does basic triage of ER and can care for basic uh, acute care in their four beds. Most of the patients are residents. Actually, I have been up to Kohala Hospital. I actually recorded an interview with our now Lieutenant Governor Josh Green right before he went. And then not very long ago, we had Dr. Norm Goody as a guest, twice actually. Mm -hmm. So although Dr. Goody being here, the intent was not to really talk about Kohala Hospital. Obviously, we did just a little bit about what's going on up there. So good. So that's that. But Kona Community Hospital, that is your main facility. So tell us more about that. You mentioned 94 beds. What kind of capabilities and services are available through Kona Community Hospital? Uh, we're, a, we're a basic community hospital. We have about 3,600 admissions every year, do about 2,200 surgeries. And we have uh, three operating suites, which we've been renovating into beautiful new state-of-the-art ORs, be finished in about a month. And, of course, we have uh, obstetrics, so we do about 550 births a year. Last time we spoke, actually, on the radio was just about two years ago, two-plus, and you were talking about the fact that you'd gotten all kinds of new equipment and your capabilities really had improved over the previous time. Well, we've invested, in, uh, in my tenure, we've invested uh, $44 million into that campus, and thank you, the legislature, for the capital improvement funds for all that. And, you know, as I mentioned, we've got new MRIs, new CT scanners. Basically, all the equipment in the hospital is new or relatively new. We've got, as I mentioned, the three new ORs that are about the, two of them are completed, and one will be completed. The last one will be completed in about a month. A new pharmacy. You know, we've done a lot of infrastructure improvements with air conditioning, air handling, floors, elevators, those kind of things. But they're they're pretty key. It's an old old facility, as we all know. But we've worked very hard to uh, improve it, and those that haven't been there for quite a while will be surprised. Well, I know one of the things that you've done also is you've upgraded the emergency room. So that oftentimes is the first point of contact for many people, particularly because heart attacks and strokes are two of the leading causes of death and obviously the leading causes to go into the emergency room. So talk a little bit about the emergency room capabilities. The emergency room, we, of course, have about uh, 22,000 visits there a year. We renovated part of the ER, adding six additional bays, emergency bays there a couple of years ago. We've done you know, some other work in there, but we haven't renovated the entire facility because some of it we can't do. You know. But we've had the same physician group there for 20, over 25 years, which is pretty unprecedented. Well, when you say you've had the same physician group, what does that really mean? Because I know you have, and I think you still do use what is called locums, people who come in temporarily, but give us, help us understand the emergency room doctor staff. The emergency room, we contract with a company, you know, and they've been with us for 27 years. And so there are, of course, different physicians over that period of time, but they're the ones that provide us the board-certified emergency trained physicians. And the only time we have locums there is when someone leaves and we have to fill in for a period of time while we're recruiting new physicians. Okay. Keep telling us about the emergency room. What other capabilities are available? Well, we're a trauma we're a, uh, trauma three uh, center. Is there any hospital on Hawaii Island that is a higher level trauma care than trauma three? No. Okay. So yeah. you and Hilo Medical Center and North Hawaii Community Hospital are all trauma threes, that's, right? That's correct. You know, and then we, of course, have the Hawaii Life Flight, a dedicated helicopter that services us and has been a tremendous asset over the years. 
Well, actually, I've already recorded, and I have not aired, but I will within a few weeks, an interview with Lori Cannon, former emergency room nurse at Kona Hospital, who now is the life flight primary nurse, and with Bonnie Kinsey, who runs AirMed here for the island. And we'll be talking about that particular capability, because obviously there are times when you do have to transport patients. And let me just ask about specifics. In the case of heart attacks, I know that Hilo Medical Center now has a cath lab, meaning they can put in stents, and they have reduced the number of patients who have to be transported. Does Kona Community Hospital have a cath lab and have that capability, or do you have to transport? We do not have that capability. We do transport both to Hilo and, of course, to Oahu, primarily Queens. And with the helicopter, and it's kind of unique to have the helicopter because a lot of transports are done by fixed wing. But in our case, you have to transport someone to the airport, and, of course, that's quite a long drive from the hospital. So we have a helicopter that can get to the hospital within 10 minutes, pick up the patient, and get them to you know, Oahu within an hour. Which is good because there's something called the golden hour when you're having a stroke, especially, I understand. Correct. And in the past, when we had to go ground transportation to the airport, fixed wing, and then ground transportation in Oahu to the hospital, it would take four to six hours. Yeah, and that's not good because that's a long time. Right. So that was a big change for us. Okay. So you can't do the stents and all that, so you do transport. I had the opportunity to meet Dr. Todd Sito, who is over at Queens. He's a cardiologist, and he mentioned that Queens, relative to stroke care, is electronically hooked up to actually every hospital in the state. So if one has a stroke, which is actually, I'd say, even more scary than a heart attack, how does Kona Hospital treat and deal with strokes? Well, we have what we call telestroke, which is telemedicine for stroke, and it goes directly to Queens and the neurology group there. And if a stroke patient comes in, they can dial up the physician immediately, and that physician will evaluate the patient and instruct our physicians on what to do prior to transport. So does that mean that Kona Hospital has the ability to give that drug, which I think is called TPA, which if you get to the hospital within an hour or so, you can be given that, and it typically can reverse the bad effects of stroke? Yeah, they do administer that, and that's one of the main purposes of that consult with the telestroke physician. I don't know if you know Dr. Todd Sito. For those who are listening, Dr. Todd Sito is the brother of Dr. Robin Sito, who she and her husband, um, Dr. Stephen Denzer, have been on this island for a long time, and Dr. Robin Sito is now on Oahu as well. But Dr. Todd Sito was very excited about the Telestroke program. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, my gosh, you have to come back over here and hear all about Telestroke. And he said, be sure to ask about it when you talk to somebody from the hospital next. Yeah, we've been using it for a number of years, and uh, it's been wonderful. Well, that's great because strokes, I think, like I said, are more scary for most people. And telemedicine is, uh, you know, is something that you know, we want to do more in the future because there are other specialties that we don't provide here on the island, and telemedicine is an option for that. You know, people tend to think, well, I've got to have a doctor who's right there with me. How effective is telemedicine? I mean, Dr. Sito, Dr. Todd Sito was quite bullish on it, but what do you think, Jay Cruiser? Well, I've had uh, visits with telemedicine physicians myself, and, uh, you know, sure, you like to be in front of them, but it really doesn't matter these days. You know, it's still on a large screen. They can still take your vitals. They can talk to you. You know, it's, 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 it's a pretty good choice. Very good. So the other scary disease that people tend to get sometimes is cancer. What's Kona Hospital's capability relative to cancer care? 
Well, we, of course, have a cancer center, and I'm pleased to announce we have a new full-time oncologist that's coming on board this summer, and she'll move to the island, and we're excited about that. We also have a radiation oncology unit with a linear accelerator and a physician that comes from Queens that staffs that full-time. So you mentioned that you have an oncologist coming this summer. So what do you have now? If I needed cancer care, could I get it at Kona Hospital? Yes, you can. We've had an oncologist on staff the whole time while we're recruiting full-time. It's, we have a, a part-time, well, he's there full-time, but he's not living here yet at this point in time. So we have a locums physician covering until we had the recruitment completed. Okay, so I can get chemotherapy, I can get radiation treatment? Yep, yep, you can get both of those. We have the infusion center, and they do that every day. Okay, well, that's all good news. Yeah, we've got just about everything you would need, you know, and the linear accelerator we have is brand new, state-of-the-art, same one they have at Queens. Our volume in the last year has doubled because of the capabilities. Well, you know, Jay Cruiser, the last time we talked, which was two years ago, at that time we were talking about this exact thing, cancer care, and that it actually has been a surprise to many people that the capabilities here on the island are very similar to what can be had at even some of the major cancer centers on the mainland, MD Anderson and others. Well, we also, you know, if, you know, the patients do come here, of course, for vacation, and we follow up with their uh, treatment regimen here coordinating with their physicians on the mainland so the patients can come to this island and still continue whatever care they're needed. Jay Cruiser, I understand that starting in November there was some change in the pediatric care you have available at Kona Hospital. Tell us about that. Well, actually, for a number of years, we have used uh, pediatric service, uh, pediatric hospitalists at Kona Hospital. That means that we have a full-time pediatrician there 24-7. It's led by Dr. Ajosi, who's an Oahu physician who comes over periodically, or one of his colleagues come over, and they staff our uh, pediatric care, which is mostly the newborn babies. And a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations, and I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Today we're talking with Jay Cruiser, the Chief Executive of Kona Community Hospital, Kohala Hospital, Ali'i Health, and the Kona Surgery Center, all part of the Hawaii Health System's West Hawaii region. Next week, we're going to be talking in the first of a two-part discussion about the influence of the Japanese in Hawaii. Arnold Hiura of the Hawaii Japanese Center in Hilo is my guest this next Sunday and the Sunday after that, which already is in 2020, January 5th, we'll be talking with Walter Kunitake, who will talk more about the Japanese on the Kona side of the island, how they came to create their five-acre coffee farms and more, and also about plans to build a Japanese cultural center on the west side of the big island. Remember that you may hear all of the past Island Conversations interviews online at kwxx.com or at b 97 Hawaii.com. Up at the top, there's a link called podcast. Just click on that. And by the way, there are bonus podcasts at the website that we don't air on the radio. So be sure to check out the podcast site, the online site, just to find out what else is going on. There's an interview there with Kevin Walchen about electricity provision and creating a microgrid in North Kohala. And this week, I'm going to be posting an interview I did with Keith Okamoto of Hawaii County Department of Water Supply about how many wells are out 
out at this point, it's still many, and what their plan is. Before we get back to our discussion with Jay Cruiser, let's hear from our terrific sponsor, KTA Superstores, which even during the holiday season is bringing in a lot of young people home for college that are working part-time at KTA Superstores. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. And now let's get back to Jay Cruiser, the chief executive of the Kona Community Hospital and all its affiliates on the west side of Hawaii Island. We're going to be talking about financials, the possibility of a new hospital, affiliation with Queens, and more. Jay Cruiser, when we talked last in 2017, you said that the West Hawaii region of Hawaii Health Systems Corporation, which is essentially Kona Hospital as the primary entity, that you were profitable, that you had hired consultants to help you with cost savings, and you were at that time predicting saving around $5 million a year, and that you were the only organization in the history of Hawaii Health Systems Corporation, which is the state hospital system that was profitable. What's the current financial situation of Kona Hospital? Because that was pretty impressive for me to hear at the time. Well, the good news is, uh, let me let me start by saying, back in 2012, we established a, a new strategic plan. Three strategies. The first one was financial stability for the organization, because we were not financially stable. We didn't have much cash in the bank. You know, we could make payroll, but we didn't have the funds to invest in grow services and, and improve the care in the, for the community. So we brought in some outside help to implement best practices. And as, as you mentioned, we, we had a $5 million one-time savings and a $5 million annual savings, which we continue to have to this day. And we continue to be profitable or break even to this day. And I think one other hospital in the system has become profitable since then, but that's good for them. And uh, so we're, real, we're proud of that. And that has been really the reason why we've been able to recruit physicians. Because, you know, recruiting physicians these days, most physicians want to be employed. Meaning that they don't want to set up private practice anymore. It's not economically feasible for them to set up private practice. We subsidize our physician practices by two to $300,000 a year each. Wow. Which is not unusual for any practice around the country. So we have to have the resources to do that. And... Uh, we did, and that's why we've grown Elite Health from five physicians to 23. But without the profitability, we'd still be at five. Well, I believe you also told me that one of your goals was to be purchased by another entity. How's that going? Okay, the three strategic goals. One is to financial stability. The second was recruit physicians, which I mentioned. And the third was initially coined as a new hospital, it was later adjusted to develop a partnership. And the reason for that, a new hospital, which we all would love and we need, is you know about a 300 million plus venture. That we found is gonna be very, very difficult, if not impossible, to accomplish without a partner. And so we've worked for many years to develop relationships with Queens Medical Center to develop a partnership that could evolve into providing more services. We both have the goal of trying to keep patients on this island that are appropriate to be cared for on this island 
and to make sure the continuity of care, that if you're treated on this island and you need to go someplace else, that there's a continuity between the care here and the care you get, for instance, at Queens. So we've been working very hard for a number of years on the, the concept of the partnership and how to collaborate with Queens. And we are in the midst of two major initiatives, which we I think are being very successful with. And remember that Artu Sejima, who recently retired at Queens as the CEO, left, and now there's a new CEO, Jill Hoger-Green, and we've transitioned with her to continue the efforts that we've been working on for a number of years. So that's a very positive element. And the two things we are working on is, number one, we want to implement a new electronic medical record system. We are currently on a Cerner-Sorian platform. We are the only one in the state on that platform, which means our electronic medical record doesn't talk to other electronic medical records. Not practical. Every, every other Hawaii Pacific Health, Queens, and Kaiser are all on Epic. And we can only get on Epic if we have a sponsor because we're too small. Epic doesn't implement their platform on, in small hospitals. Queens has agreed to be our sponsor, and we're in the process of that transition, which is going to take over a year to do and cost probably around $15 million. And to point out again to our financial viability, we have the money to pay for it. A number of years ago, we would not have. So That's good. So that's very good. And uh, that's one linkage with Queens that we are hoping will lead to some other linkages with Queens. We do have a, another one planned, and that is our elite health physicians, the 23 physicians I mentioned, are going to be linking up, joining the physician network of Queens. And when that's completed, that'll allow better communications, again, with continuity of care. When you have transfers, the ability to transfer quicker. You know, right now, if you're in our emergency room and you have to have a specialist, our physicians in the emergency room will call any hospital in the state to find you the right physician. With a linkage with the Queens, that should be a much smoother route. So both those are approved by our board and approved by the new Queen CEO to proceed. So that's exciting. Congratulations, because I was sort of wondering with Art Ushijima leaving, because I know he was pretty bullish on Kona Community Hospital, felt there was a potential there based on my previous conversations with him. I was concerned that you'd have to sort of start from scratch with the new CEO. Now, you mentioned partnerships. And everything you've said makes it sound like, are you expecting to be purchased by Queens? Well, we could never be purchased. We're a state entity, so we could never be purchased by anybody. But we hope to have stronger collaboration, whatever that may mean. And when you ask the question, if you've asked it or will ask it, about a new hospital. Oh, that was the next question <laughs> I was going to ask because you mentioned it. You know, our strategy has always been we got to collaborate. We need to develop this partnership, get these collaborations in place, and then find whatever mechanism for more we could find for better collaborations in the future that it could include more services, more facilities, and whatever that may be. The term new hospital is kind of tricky these days because care is provided in a lot of different venues, you know, so it could involve a new hospital, could involve some other kind of facility, but we're all committed to try to provide more care on this island, and that comes directly from the new Queen CEO. Interesting. Yeah, you, the new hospital thing, I know a lot of people are very much focused on that, saying we have to have a new hospital. It has to be near Kona Airport. Basically, it sounds like you're saying we should not hold our breath, that that's not probably the first thing that's going to happen. But help us understand about the new hospital. Is that going to be important in the future? 
to have a physical new building? Well, the answer to that is yes, because our building is older. We've, as I said, we put a lot of money into it, but it has its physical problems. So a new facility is needed. How do we get there is the question. And our strategy has been this partnership with Queens hopefully will lead us to a new hospital in some form or fashion. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add before I ask the retirement questions? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you are departing. Tell us who the new chief executive is going to be. Uh, her name is Anna Chiotti. She comes from California. Our board, almost a year ago, engaged a, a national search firm to do a national search. There are 150 applicants. The board, who's responsible for hiring the new CEO, interviewed six and brought them to the island and then interviewed the final two a second time, and Anna was selected. She'll be here on January 2nd. Okay, well, you're retiring as of December 31st. So what happens on January 1st if there's a CEO concern question or something that pops up? That's a good question. We've, we solved that actually this morning. I am the CEO on January 1st. <laughs> okay, because I was kind of looking at those dates and wondering. And that, that is official. <laughs> okay, good. Well, at least I know who to call if there's a thing that happens on January 1st. You know, it's interesting when you bring in people from far away, but you came from far away, and here you are eight years later. I was so intrigued. Before we started talking for the radio, you told me that the average tenure of a CEO at a hospital anywhere in the United States is 3.2 years, and I was kind of surprised at that. It doesn't seem very long. So congratulations on eight years here at Kona Community Hospital. It's almost nine. Almost nine. <laughs> yeah. Even better, even better. So you're going to wake up on January 2nd, and you're not going to have to wake up to the alarm. What's your plan as a retired person, if you have one? Well, I'm not sure I have one. Like most people, i got a list of things to do at, at our home. We're staying here in Hawaii. People always ask me that. And we have two boys on the mainland, so we'll go visit. We'll travel. You know, I putz around the house a lot, so I, I fix everything that doesn't need fixed. So I, I have a, a long list. <laughs> I know that you're proud of a lot of things. You've just mentioned some of them. What concerns do you have going forward, things that you would have liked to have accomplished that Anna Chiade will have to deal with? Well, you know, it's really, it's really about the pace of getting things done. You know, sure, I would like, and I'm sure Artu Sajima would say the same thing, we would have liked to have, you know, our, our linkage with Queens a little farther along and uh, uh, a little more concrete. But, you know, I've always said to our leadership team, as long as we're making progress, you know, it doesn't have to be fast, but slow and steady, particularly here in Hawaii, is good. As long as we're going in that direction, uh, I'm happy. And I just uh, hope that, uh, and I'm sure that Anna will be able to continue that. And she and I have talked about it. You know, it isn't that we have to get it done tomorrow, but we have to get it done. Is there anything, Jay Cruiser, that you haven't talked about that you're particularly proud of that you'd like to mention before we say aloha? I do, because if, if you were going to ask me what... Uh, my biggest accomplishment was, I would probably say it's the leadership team, you know, because, you know, we couldn't have done all these things without more than me, you know, and if I did anything, I picked them, you know, and they helped get things done, and they're still there, and they will be there, and so they're there to help Anna continue the good work that's gone on for a number of years. So when you say leadership team, give us a hint as to who those people are. Oh, that's our chief financial officer, Dean Herzog, uh, Tony McDonald. You know, she's in charge of, of quality in our medical staff office. Of course, Judy Donovan, who in strategic planning. Dr. Vidry, our medical director. 
uh, Sean McNeil, who's our new chief nurse executive. And if I'm missing something, uh, the, someone, they're going to kill me. So let me think for a minute. I'm just going around the table. The last one is human resources. And we have a new human resources director starting tomorrow, Robert Grasty, coming okay. from Virginia. I would also like to thank our foundation, the Kona Hospital Foundation, the Kohala Hospital Foundation, and the Kona Hospital Auxiliary. Over the years, they've raised millions of dollars for the hospital and allowed us to do things that we normally couldn't have done without them. So many thanks to them. Jake Cruiser, before we do say aloha, is there anything you'd like to add? Nope. I've enjoyed uh, doing this with you over the years, and uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Jay Cruiser, Chief Executive Officer of Kona Community Hospital. Aloha. Aloha. To our listeners, thank you so much for being with us. This is Island Conversations, and I'm Sherry Bracken. Next week, we start two weeks of discussion about the Japanese in Hawaii, starting with Arnold Hiura, who's with the Hawaii Japanese Center in Hilo. And he's going to tell us about the arrival of the Japanese in Hawaii, when they came, why, why they went back or did not go back, their role in the wars, and more. And then the following week, which is January 5th, 2020, Walter Kunitake, a Kona coffee farmer and active member of the Kona Japanese Civic Association, will talk with us about the Japanese who came to the Kona side to start farms, a lot of times coffee farms, and about a new proposed Japanese cultural center on the west side of Hawaii Island. Remember that you may listen to the Island Conversations podcast previous episodes, including an update on Hilo Medical Center, online at kwxx.com and at b97hawaii.com. And there are some bonus podcasts there that do not air on the radio. Until the next Island Conversations, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.